ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across central New York, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am indeed as we roll along on this Thursday afternoon in the QS. We're solving problems during the break on QSportsTalk.com, people. We're solving the world's problems only on uh, QSportsTalk.com. So uh, you got you to gotta hang out there during the break. You know what else you got to do on QSportsTalk.com? You got to be with us on a Saturday after the game. Saturday after the game on QSportsTalk.com because it is the only place for the Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW uh, postgame show. Me and Devo after the game Saturday. And that should be about 8. Tip-off is about 6. We should be with you about 8. Whenever the game is over. It is a post-game show. You go there, and we'll talk about it. We're here to have a pre-game chat, though, with our uh, next guest in advance of uh, talk about a big game for the second game of the year. It's number two Maryland. It's number four Syracuse. It's women's lacrosse in the Dome tomorrow. You'll be able to see her, hear her on ACC Network Extra. So you can uh, see her if you want, if you look up the all-time uh, scoring list for Syracuse women's lacrosse as well. Welcome in our next guest, Alyssa murray Committee. Alyssa, welcome in, and uh, going to be a fun week tomorrow, fun day tomorrow in the Dome, huh? Hi, thanks for having me. And yeah, it certainly will be. I'm looking forward to being there, looking forward to watching a competitive game. Yeah, for those that don't know, I mean, Alyssa obviously was an All-American and the whole thing here. She's also the uh, manager for Inside Lacrosse uh, Women now. So if you go to Inside Lacrosse and check out their uh, women's lacrosse coverage, Alyssa uh, will have either written it or had a significant uh, hand in it. So you're all over the national game. But uh, this is fun early in the season, right? Like Gary didn't duck it. Uh, Kayla's not ducking it. Like the women go out here and like, okay, season started. Let's play the entire top five and let's go. Like this is a pretty fun way uh, to start the season for these ladies. Totally. I mean, it's there's no better way to prepare for a long season and hopefully make it to the final weekend than playing the best of the best. You hear coaches say all the time, to be the best, you have to play the best. And, you know, that's exactly what Kayla Trainer and the Orange are doing. Yeah, they went out there last Saturday, opened the season against Northwestern, the team they lost to in the quarterfinals last year. It was a 16-15 win, and, you know, you see 16-15, of course it was a good game, but if you watched it, man, it was tight. It was back and forth. And uh, the Orange big players, Alyssa, made big plays down the stretch, right? Like the Megans and the Emmas all were doing stuff uh, late in the game, and it felt like Megan Tyrell was the one that really had her hand in closing that thing up uh, over the weekend against Northwestern. They keep it easy for us with the with the name uh, similarities. But, yeah, Megan Tyrell just we just stepped up the whole game, but really the final stretch of the game, she just – didn't make us any mistakes, and she plays with such calm and a calmness and such poise that makes her that much more lethal. Especially, you know, you saw Northwestern sending two and three slides to her, and she still knew exactly what to do with the ball. And then finally, that last goal where they were slow to slide because she was hitting all the cutters, and she finished it herself. So just the awareness of what to do and when she's just got it totally figured out. When you look at women's lacrosse this year, and you know she is certainly on the short list of uh, favorites to win uh, the Tuaraton and you know all of the National Player of the Year awards at, at this point, like is she the best player in the game right now? I mean, we we know Carolina and BC and Maryland and Northwestern with Izzy Scan. We we know they all got their stars, but is Megan Tyrell the best going in the country right now? She's certainly one of them, and she's making a case for herself early on. I think offensively, she's just a player that is so efficient. So, you know, obviously it's one game in and you have to perform for an entire season uh, to be 
given an award like that. But coming back as the only Tawartan finalist from the 2022 season, obviously, as East Gain was the 2021 season, you know, that's a, that is at least, you know, you're in on the short list, like you said, and she ha- she'll have to perform for a whole season, but she's certainly uh, in the conversation. And, you know, surrounded by such great talent of that orange offense, Megan Carney was bothered by injuries all last year. She's back. Uh, Megan Tyrell's sister, Emma, she, she was one of the many. It felt like the tour in ACL uh, last year, and she's back. Emma Ward, who was just stunning as a freshman a couple of years ago, is back. When you look at the collective of talents, on offense the Orange have this season. I'd say that goes along with the Megan Tyrell question. Is that the best collection of offensive talent in the country? I think, again, I think they're they're really up there. I think watching them play against their, uh, Northwestern, was a, it was clear that they just have, you know, there's seven players on offense at one time, and they have seven threats, which is a really nice luxury to have if you're Kayla Trainer. Um, and even players that weren't coming back from injury, you know, look like they've taken a step in the right direction, like Olivia Adamson and Maddie Baxter. You know, Maddie Baxter was a huge player for Team Canada over the summer, and just, you know, she comes away with uh, in a big game with two gold. And so just, you know, development like that is huge for the Orange, and it will take, it forces teams to cover um, players like them, and which makes it harder for them to ultimately stop Megan Tyrell when they can't just focus exclusively on her. So that makes them that much more uh, lethal as a unit. Alyssa Murray Committee, our guest. You can uh, see here on ACC Network uh, tomorrow, 3 o'clock, Houston, Maryland, a top four matchup from the Dome on the women's lacrosse field. And Alyssa, you mentioned it, your former teammate, Kayla Trainer. you know, one of the youngest coaches in the country. You know, everything she's accomplished, you know, on the field and around the game so far. What's this like for you, watching your old teammate, you know, have this spot, have this role at this point in her career? I love it. I mean, there's no better person for the job. I'm so proud of her for everything she's done with the program and just her, you know, she's in her second year um, and she's already done so much and she works so hard just as much as she worked as a play, as hard as she worked as a player. You can see that translate um, as a coach and it's contagious. You know, when you see the top uh, person in the program working their tail off. It makes you want to work. It's contagious, and I think it's a trickle-down effect. And so when your players see how much you're bought in, they want to do the same. And so as an alum and, you know, a friend of Kayla, I'm just I'm so thrilled for her. I'm so proud of her, and uh, it makes it, it that much more fun to watch. Yeah, and, you know, when she got the job, certainly, you know, age is a factor in one way, both good and bad, right? Like you're You're young, but you're also... Uh, young, like you can be held against you with inexperience, but you've got the energy and the excitement, and people still uh, know your name out there amongst, like you know, the high school players that you're recruiting. What, what do you think the balance of that is like for her? You know, as she heads into her second year at this point. I think it's definitely an advantage. The fact that her name as a player is still so relevant. You saw her play on the uh, international stage and mm-hmm. just be one of the best in the in the entire world uh, once again. And so it definitely helps that her name is in the conversation as a player, but also her age as a coach, you know, what she may have not had in head coach experience prior to this game, she, uh, prior to this job, she had um, in developing top players. You know, she had coached Sam Apuzo, who won the Twarton, and then Charlotte North, who won the uh, Twarton. So she's proven that she can really take top level talent and be, turn them into being, you know, the best in the, the country, the best in the world as those two players were her teammates um, for Team USA. And so, you know, it's it's definitely an advantage 
I think for her, just as you're trying to bring in elite talent as recruits, because she's proven that she has a really special ability of coaching players to be their best selves and become the best player that they possibly can. Alyssa Murray committee, our guest, and looking at where the Q's is, you know, just in the national scene here, you know, they're in the top five, and that has been more often than not the case of late. But you look at the top five now, Carolina, Maryland, BC, Q's, Northwestern, uh, BC's more recent to the party. But, you know, that that's the top five programs here over the last, I don't know, decade or more in women's lacrosse. And Syracuse is the one that, that is still of that group that hasn't quite gotten over the hump uh, for a title. What, what does it take, Alyssa, do you think, to make that that last step? Because the Orange have been so close before. What What is the maybe the one thing that hasn't happened yet that just has to click at the right time? If I knew, I would have a national championship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would know. I think it's just, it's a little bit of luck. It's a lot of hard work. And it's, you know, just people and the pieces coming together at the right time. And you see that um, basically with every national championship team is that they're playing their best lacrosse in, on Memorial Day weekend. And so you want to peak at the right time. You want to stay healthy. And I think that's something that... Um, you know, you talk to the Syracuse staff and they're committed to doing is, is staying healthy for the full season and, you know, making sure that, you know, you can play an entire season and really peak in May. Um, and so it's just, you know, stay in the course and then ultimately playing your best uh, game of the year uh, the, the Sunday before Memorial Day, which isn't easy. And, you know, if, like I said, if I knew the true piece of the puzzle, I'd be sitting with a ring on my finger. <laughs> I'd say the problem you guys said those Maryland teams you had to play against were, were, they were yeah. just freaking next level. Like that was a that, that was a, a different problem that may have been unsolvable by anybody. You mentioned the health though. Like the last couple of years for Syracuse, it, it's been unbelievable. Between you know Emily Harris check a, a couple of years ago, like everybody that was hurt last year with Emma Ward and Emma Tyrell and Megan Carney. And the whole thing is, do you think that's just bad luck? You know, what what do you think it is when, it, when it's come to that the last couple of years? You know, unfortunately, injury is just something that comes along with playing sports, right? And so sometimes it's just the way that a season goes. And, um, but other times it's something that is, you know, adjustable. And so something that Syracuse has done is by they're wearing um, GPS trackers so they can more closely monitor the output of their athletes. So they know just how fresh their legs are, just how recovered they are. So they can manage in practice and in games. Like, is this the time that we want to push them? Or is this the time that this individual player should be, uh, you know, taking a a couple of reps off um, in practice or in a game. And I think you saw that in the way that they eased in uh, Emma Tyrell and Emma Ward, because like, like we said, you don't want these players for half the season or a quarter of the season. You want them for the full season. Um, and so I think you know now that as we learn more about athletes' recovery and knowing how much uh, I'm putting, knowing how important that is um, for athletes, you can better manage uh, their health. And so hopefully avoiding those ter- those terrible season-ending injuries. But at the same time, it is unfortunately just something that happens in sports and sometimes it happens to a bunch of people on the same team at the same time and so you hope that it's not the same uh 
uh, history of the last two years for Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, last year you saw those pictures of the sideline during the games. It's like, that's an All-American list standing over there, and they're just, <laughs> you know, they're in knee braces and walking boots and the whole thing. I, you know, I remember talking to Gary Gate last year because the, uh, the men's team wears the same GPS stuff. They got it in midseason. They learned that Brendan Curry ran a lot last year. I know that on the men's team. That, that, <laughs> that dude just never stopped, and I'm sure there's uh, plenty on the women's team that do that whole thing. Alyssa Murray, committee with us. Uh, we'll get to tomorrow's game here in a second. Alyssa, what, what do you make of the national scene right now? Carolina's number one. We know Maryland's always good. We mentioned BCQ's Northwestern. It's a I'd say it's an obvious top five, but why wouldn't that be the top five? Uh, is this, you know, the think the you think the group that'll be there this season, or do you have any surprise teams you got your eyes on that might uh, poke their way in this year? You know, I think Stony Brook is right on the cusp. I think every year they're in that uh, tough game against the number one team in the quarterfinals. That uh, they're like right there. You know, last year they almost beat, or the past two years really, they almost beat North Carolina, um, which is, you know. Um, very tough to do um, going undefeated last year and only one loss the year before. Uh, so they're right there. And I think um, they're not really knocking on the door. They're consistently a really good program. And then the other is Florida, um, who was a, a very young team last year, uh, but return a lot of their offensive firepower. That could be just a little sneaky uh, coming in. They also have a really strong um, goaltender in uh Sarah Resnick, who, you know, as we've seen in so many games over the history of multiple sports, having a great goalkeeper is uh, something that can change the course of the game. So I would say those are my other two that really, I think, can really sneak in. Um, But you never know. It's a long season and and teams evolve. And it just, like I said, depends on who's playing the best in May. And, hey, we, we know that Florida team has a pretty good assistant coach down there and that uh, Reggie Thorpe always enjoyed. Uh, uh, Reggie was up here working <laughs> oh, yeah. with Gary, and he's down there with Amanda O'Leary right now. Uh, wrapping up here, Alyssa, okay, so tomorrow it's Maryland, it's Cuse. Like, th- these games have been, you know, hotly contested. Uh, lots of stuff going on in them o- over the years. Uh, not always the friendliest of rivalries when these two teams get on the field. What What are you expecting with this one tomorrow? Oh, I'm so excited. I think it's just going to be two great teams. I think um, the biggest story is the Maryland defense against the Syracuse offense. Um, just with the the players that they return, Maryland has brought in uh, the Ivy League Defensive Player of the Year uh, as a grad transfer in Marge Donovan, and I, I think she's a phenomenal defender. So I'm excited to watch her uh, see how she kind of gets into the defensive unit on the Maryland side. And it's just going to be a great game. It's going to be a test of the top five. And I'm excited to see how it unfolds. I think there's a couple of matchups this weekend that will really tell us a lot early on. Obviously, it can be an entirely different game a couple months from now. But early on, it'll give us a good idea of what the what the top five for the next couple of weeks is going to look like. All right, Alyssa, good stuff. We'll be watching tomorrow. The opening draws at 3 o'clock at the Dome on ACC Network Extra. And I'm uh, sure we'll catch up again for some more Women's Lacks chat uh, when we get later in the season for those other games. But uh, thanks for a few minutes today. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. That is Alyssa Murray-Kometi. You can catch her over on ACC Network Extra tomorrow. Unfortunately for Alyssa, we, we can't advise you to like listen until about halftime because it's, it's on the same time as our show. So you can watch the game. Uh, maybe if you can multitask, you, you know, apologies to Alyssa. Maybe you like mute it in the second half, but then you really, or the first half, or you really lock in in, in the second half when we wrap it up uh, tomorrow. That's, you know, me, selfishly. But uh, thanks to Alyssa hopping on. She's still, I think, fourth on the all-time 
uh, Syracuse scoring list. She was very good at lacrosse. Uh, very, very good. So uh, good to chat with Alyssa there. We'll take our final break in this hour. Brought to you by William Matar. Hurt in a car? Call William Matar. 444-4444. Wrap up. What's on tap when we come back after this? QSportsTalk.com. ESPN Radio. 